It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's the Media Buzz Meter with Howard Kurtz. Now, here's what everyone's talking about in your nation's capital. The Washington Wizards, the NBA team, and the Washington Capitals, the NHL team, have reached an agreement to move from downtown D.C. to the suburbs of Northern Virginia. And a lot of people who live in or close to the city are really upset about this. Now, this is not exactly the Brooklyn Dodgers moving to L.A., or the New York Giants baseball team moving to San Francisco. People could still go see these two teams, but there was such a huge deal made out of the time when they did build an arena downtown, beautiful facility, and fueled a lot of urban renewal in that area. All those businesses that located there, because there would be big crowds coming in regularly, um, they're screwed. But a coup for Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, who appeared yesterday with the owner of those two teams, Ted Leonsis, uh, in Alexandria. Now, for myself, you know, I like going to the games downtown when I had time. Uh, driving to Alexandria from where I live, uh, 45 minutes makes it a lot less attractive. I, this won't actually happen until the re- a new arena is built in, I think it's four or even five years. But D.C. losing out on two professional sports teams. The Dow hitting 37,000 yesterday. Not that long after it hit 36,000. Um, big jump in the markets. And some people having kind of fun playing the clip of Trump during the 2020 campaign saying if Joe Biden gets elected, the markets will crash. And now they've hit an all-time high. Not to say they won't dip again. And obviously there's been a lot of volatility, volatility ever since the pandemic. But I'm just staring at this number. I remember in one of my books doing uh, a whole long scene on when the Dow broke 10,000. And that was considered, you know, given the values of the time, that was considered a big deal. I got to dive right into what happened yesterday. A lot of what happened yesterday. Story number one. So... Everyone in the media knew it would be a big day. Why? Because, number one, the House was scheduled to vote on approving the impeachment inquiry of President Biden. Number two, President's son was scheduled, and nobody expected him to show up, to appear for closed-door deposition with the House Oversight Committee. Hunter Biden about his role and questions about ties and um, checks back and forth to his father and other Biden family members. Well, suddenly, 
all at once, I'm seeing these, yesterday morning, I'm seeing these, uh, what we call chirons, they're on-screen banners, saying first, uh, Hunter Biden expected to testify, then it was uh, unclear whether Hunter Biden would testify, and then there he was. And this is some of what he said. It was great drama, fabulous theater. For six years, said Hunter Biden, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine, shouting, where's Hunter? Here's my answer. I'm here. He also said, in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest this is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. Shameless. And another quote from the president's son, Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics. So remember, he offered to testify in public, before the cameras, and had the committee accepted that, he would have testified yesterday. But no, 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 they want all behind the scenes. They want closed-door deposition. Not, not that that's ever, not ever been done before, before a witness is then interviewed in public. But Hunter Biden trying to turn the tables on the Republicans, blasting them, bringing in what he calls the Trump attack machine, showing up, zillion cameras there. And by the way, would everybody in the media please stop calling it a press conference? He didn't take any questions. When somebody shows up, speaks, and leaves, it is not a press conference. You have to at least take a couple of questions to have that description. Look, I don't know what Hunter accomplished with this, but it was what passes for high trauma uh, in Washington. And then after that, the committee's Republican chairman, Jim Comer, and other senior Republicans came out and spoke uh, in the hallway to a bunch of reporters. Comer got into a debate with one of the reporters, and it just was another classic moment. Like, here it was, the media and the Republicans uh, crammed into the space of this hallway, uh, going at it over whether or not Comer had the goods, whether or not Comer's inquiry so far had uncovered any evidence, which the congressman insisted has, which is very much in dispute, of wrongdoing by President Biden in his dealings with, of course, Hunter Biden. And then... Late in the day, just before about 6 o'clock Eastern, the House held its vote and authorized the impeachment probe of the president, which had just been unilaterally ordered by the new speaker, Mike Johnson. Purely party-line vote. All 221 Republicans voting for, all 212 Democrats voting against. Now, remember, there was a number of GOP members, House members from more moderate districts that didn't want to do this, didn't want to authorize it, that thinks it will hurt them. 
But I guess, you know, it's certainly a win for Mike Johnson, but I guess there was safety in numbers. That if every single Republican, even those with qualms, even those with trepidation, even those who were had said they were opposed, voted to move forward, then it's hard to single out any one and say, well, how could you do this? Doesn't mean it won't be an issue. Uh, so let's see. New York Times leads off. House voted yesterday to formally open impeachment inquiry. Pushing forward with a year-long GOP investigation that has failed to produce evidence of anything approaching high crimes or misdemeanors. Republicans said the vote was needed to give them full authority to continue carrying out their investigation amid anticipated legal challenges from the White House. Democrats have denounced the inquiry as a fishing expedition and a political stunt. Now, looking at all the major websites today, getting ready for the podcast, it was rather stunning to me how, on virtually all of them, a vote to formalize an impeachment inquiry into the president of the United States was down about the sixth story, the eighth story, the ninth story, almost as if, I'm not making this charge, of course, but almost as if there was a consensus in the mainstream media that this is so without merit that we're not going to ignore it. You can't ignore it, but we're just going to kind of play it down. And flipping back and forth on television last night on cable... In many hours, it would be sort of quickly billboarded at the top of the hour, and then they'd go to Trump and the Trump trial and the Supreme Court appeal and all that, because Trump is their bread and butter. That's where they get the big numbers. And obviously, just to take an example, MSNBC viewers not crazy about an impeachment inquiry against the Democratic president. So... It varied from show to show. Sometimes there'd be a segment on it. Sometimes there'd be like a third of a segment on it. But the Times goes on to say that there had been reservations of what it calls mainstream Republicans, many of them from competitive districts, about moving forward without proof that Mr. Biden had done anything wrong. See, that's the other refrain. And and look, to be fair, I would say, yes, there's no hard evidence that Joe Biden was paid off with money from the Chinese and so forth. There are legitimate and unanswered questions, not only about some of those checks, but also about the shifting defense here, where the White House originally said Joe Biden had nothing to do with his son's business. And then after evidence came out that, that Biden had got on a bunch of calls, even though he was just uh, doing some idle chit-chat about the weather or similar topics, and that he had had lunch at a fancy Georgetown restaurant with some of Hunter's business partners. So now it's, well, he didn't, he wasn't financially involved with his son. And that may well be true. But that's not what they said at the beginning. Oh, here's a statement from Biden. Not going on camera, not wanting to, you know, give this more oxygen. 
Instead of doing anything to help make Americans' lives better, they are focused on attacking me with lies, says the Biden statement. Instead of doing their job on the urgent work that needs to be done, they are choosing to waste time on this baseless political stunt that even Republicans in Congress admit is not supported by facts. I would edit that sentence and say that even some Republicans in Congress admit. Chuck Grassley, for example, you know, Republican senator has been around forever saying, I haven't seen, I saw this clip yesterday, I haven't seen any evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. You know, but then, you know, we need to look into it and so forth and so on. Congressman uh, Tom Cole of Oklahoma saying, well, this is to give us more legal clout to subpoena people, such as Hunter, and documents. Democratic House member Jim McGovern, we're here for one reason and one reason alone. Donald Trump demanded that Republicans impeach, so they are going to impeach. I guess that was shortly before the vote. They are weaponizing and abusing impeachment, says McGovern. Oh, here's uh, the Times saying that Hunter Biden held a news conference. Well, he made news, but it wasn't a news conference. Let me say this clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business. See, there's that word again. Not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. All right, then. Here's Jim Jordan, who wasn't that hot on responding to, he and some of his colleagues weren't that hot on responding to subpoenas from the House January 6th committee, now saying that we're going to move forward with contempt proceedings unless Hunter comes in for the closed-door deposition and not the public airing of all this. Washington Post analysis. Whether this is a politically sound decision, the jury is out. But the exercise appears to be forged on shaky ground, not just regarding evidence, but also public opinion. Polling has shown that Americans are quite skeptical of Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, even inclined to believe he was given preferential treatment, preferential treatment in his legal case. That's why he's under indictment. In a CNN poll, as many as 6 in 10 believe the president was involved in those business dealings. But when it comes to uh, impeachment inquiry, uh, Maris poll out on Tuesday says Americans were split. AP poll in late October, Americans disapproved 39 to 33%. Well, that's pretty close reflecting the divisions in the country. But relatively few Americans believe Biden, that is Joe Biden, broke the law. In the AP poll, 35% of Americans say he broke the law. 40% said so in a Fox poll. But CNN's poll in October said 57% believing Biden shouldn't be impeached and removed from office, which is between 10 and 14 points higher than CNN polls of Trump's impeachments. Here's National Review. 
Republicans make much of the fact they'll be in a stronger position to enforce their subpoenas. But they had their dramatic showdown with Hunter Biden over his subpoena before the impeachment vote. Even if the House holds Hunter Biden in contempt, there's no way, says National Review, this Justice Department would ever prosecute him. And even if Hunter shows up, he's clearly going to take the fifth. Most important thing is the investigation keeps going. And it talks about um, the unanswered questions that I alluded to earlier. Republicans have even produced checks to Joe Biden, including 10%, oddly enough, of a $400,000 tranche of Chinese money. But the bottom line for National Review, even if he's impeached, the only way Biden is getting removed from office is if the public concludes next year that, among other things, his assurances about his honesty and ethics were flagrantly false. And then you have the Democratic Senate, of course, which is not going to even come close to the two-thirds majority that would be required for conviction if, in fact, um, the president was successfully impeached. Related story, federal judge yesterday putting on hold all the proceedings in the Trump trial involving allegations, accusations of trying to overturn the 2020 election. This is the case in which Jack Smith appealed directly to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has uh, given the Trump lawyers a few days to respond before reaching whatever decision it's going to reach. This could push back the trial, the temporary freeze, that is, scheduled to begin here in Washington in March. So in the Trump lawyers filing, they actually referred to Jack Smith as the Grinch, as in the Grinch who stole Christmas, saying uh, there shouldn't be a reckless rush to judgment, but also that these lawyers have plans for the holidays and isn't it be a shame if they had to scrap those to respond on such a rush basis. Hey, let's pause right there. The buzz meter continues right after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, 
your trusted ally in home services. All right. More Trump, more court stuff. Story number two. Trump was at a rally yesterday telling the people there that uh, special counsel prosecuting him is trying to get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court. Well, clearly he mixed up his language there because Supreme Court, not under indictment. Gets to rule on things, doesn't plead guilty. Crooked Joe Biden and the far-left lunatics are desperate to stop us by any means necessary. They're willing to violate the U.S. Constitution at levels never seen before in order to win an election. Weaponizing law enforcement. Excuse me. Wasn't it Donald J. Trump who said some months ago that parts of the Constitution might have to be suspended in order to be fair to him? So you have two presidents, the incumbent and the former one, each accusing the other of abusive tactics above the law and just for good measure subverting the Constitution. Meanwhile, Supreme Court also agreed yesterday to hear a case. This is a, I guess you'd say related case that could really, I guess the technical legal term, screw up the January 6th prosecution. Which again leads me to wonder, even though that's the big enchilada, why Jack Smith didn't bring the classified documents case first. Because it doesn't have any of the problems that I'm about to read here and just simply is a tighter case with more evidence. The issue is the law that makes it a crime to obstruct an official proceeding. That actually affects not just Trump, but a lot of the January 6th defendants. It's a key part of the federal indictment against Trump, though. Plotting to remain in power, as the New York Times puts it. The decision to hear the case will complicate and perhaps delay the start of Trump's trial. It could severely hamper efforts by Jack Smith to hold the former president accountable for the violence of his supporters at the Capitol. Could also, depending on what the court ruling is, invalidate convictions that have already been secured against dozens and dozens of Trump followers who took part in the assault. This is a case brought by Joseph Fisher, who was indicted on several charges for his role in the Capitol attack. Prosecutors say he assaulted the police as Congress was meeting to certify the election. He was charged with this obstruction count. He tried to get it thrown out. Um, There'll be a lot of talk from a lot of lawyers, former prosecutors, you see them on the screen every day, about this case, depending on when the Supreme Court decides to take it. So it's um, puts a lot of things up in the air. And in yet another court battle of a different nature, Biden administration and the manufacturer manufacturer of Mifepristone have asked the nine justices to overturn a low court ruling, making it more difficult to obtain what's commonly known as abortion pills. 
oral arguments this spring, further elevating the issue of abortion, an issue that has helped Democrats mostly since the overturning of Roe. Asking SCOTUS to uh, review the adverse ruling by the conservative Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, the justices can't just come in and say, well, you know, we got rid of Roe, we don't like abortion pills, so we're throwing it out. They have to do it on some sort of procedural basis. So the FDA first approved these pills more than 20 years ago. And then in the last few years, the government has allowed the drug to be taken later in pregnancy or mailed directly to patients, prescribed by a medical professional other than a doctor. And Democrats obviously trying to capitalize on the backlash. If that 6-3 conservative majority were to rule on whatever grounds that the average woman seeking an abortion can't get these pills, there will be a huge uproar. Story three. The relationship between Biden and Bibi has gone back and forth. But now, their difficulties are really being talked about out in the open. With the rising civilian death toll in Gaza, whatever the exact figures turn out to be. You have the president, as I've mentioned, criticizing Netanyahu for indiscriminate bombing that is hurting Israel's support around the world. Now, he said this off-camera at a fundraiser. Bibi's got a tough decision to make, said Biden. I think he has to change, and this government in Israel is making it very difficult for him to move. A very conservative government, the coalition that Bibi put together. So Netanyahu responded with a video rejecting one of Biden's proposals, which is that the West Bank's Palestinian Authority be revitalized to take over Gaza after the war. Netanyahu has basically signaled his intention to keep Israeli troops there forever, or indefinitely is the term of art. That will have its own problems. I won't allow Israel to repeat the mistake of Oslo, said Bibi, referring to the 1993 Oslo Accords that were meant to create a roadmap to peace between Israelis and Palestinians and allow limited Palestinian self-rule. I won't allow, after the immense sacrifice made by our citizens and fighters for us to put in Gaza, people who teach terrorism, support terrorism, finance terrorism. By the way, Bibi, incredibly unpopular at home, more than two-thirds of Israelis say they expect Netanyahu to take responsibility for failing to prevent the attacks before the war started, despite the fact that the government had the exact Hamas war plans and disregarded them. Meanwhile, President Biden has made a move on Israel as the whole business is held up with uh, battling over what to do about the open border and with 10,000 migrants 
in the last couple of weeks coming across every day. I don't really think it's rhetoric to call it an open border. Um, Democratic lawmakers frustrated that the president has now moved to bypass Congress and approve the sale of tank shells to Israel. Nearly 14,000 tank shells worth about $100 million from army stocks thanks to an emergency declaration. This is interesting because it's so obviously leaked by the vice president. Politico reporting that Kamala Harris has been telling colleagues in the administration she wants the White House to show more concern for the humanitarian damage in Gaza. Biden is among the officials Harris has urged to show more sensitivity to Palestinian civilians and that it's time to start making day-after plans and be tougher on Bibi. This is the first time that I can recall that there have been leaks from Kamala Harris's office showing her with a different position, somewhat different position, than the president she serves. So this is either about her in 2024 or her in 2028 or just trying to create a stronger profile for her right now But if there's anything that any president gets ticked off about, and this was true with Barack Obama, it's true, it wasn't true with Trump because Mike Pence never did this. And that is, oh, the vice president is working behind the scenes to do X in contradiction of the president's policy. Now, what exactly are the immigration Issues, the impasse that is preventing Congress from uh, passing aid to Ukraine, aid to Israel, aid to Taiwan. Republicans want to restore policies that would rapidly turn people away at the border or force them to wait in Mexico until their asylum case is heard. Those are Trump policies. Biden seems willing to compromise on some of these, but not all. Um, Deport more undocumented immigrants through expedited removal. Uh, Restrict the use of an immigration policy known as humanitarian parole. And so you have just this classic gridlock where Democrats aren't willing to do some of these things. And President Biden, if he wants to get this military aid, which he says is so crucial, he's going to have to agree to some of it. Hey, let's pause right there. The buzz meter continues right after this. Story four. CNN interviews uber liberal New York Times writer Nicole Hannah-Jones and says, are these two things related? Pushing back on diversity on college campuses and getting the president of Harvard ousted, which obviously she was not, although a lot of people in the Cambridge community would like to see Claudine Gay go. Here's what Hannah Jones has to say. Oh, absolutely. So they're using the guise of pretending that this is about concern about anti-Semitism, which of course is something we should all be concerned about, but it's really just to further their propaganda campaign against racial equity. So she says, when you think about the fact that Harvard, the nation's oldest university, had a about a 370-year explicit racial quota of hiring only white men to be president, 
It's laughable to think that the first ever black woman following the unbroken line of white racial quotas is the one who's unqualified. I mean, this is kind of the beauty of how racism works. If you're black and you don't achieve, if you don't succeed at the highest echelon, it's because you're lazy and not smart enough. If you do achieve, it's because you didn't deserve it. So Nicole Hannah-Jones is playing the race card. I don't think anybody is saying that Claudine Gay was unqualified to be the president of Harvard. There certainly are questions, new ones, in fact, about allegations of plagiarism on some of her few, relatively few, published works. They're saying that Claudine Gay disqualified herself from running Harvard with her dodging and ducking, bobbing and weaving testimony refusing to condemn anti-Semitism, as did Elizabeth McGill, who did lose her job as the president of Penn. Look, I get the point that it's been all white dudes up until now, but I don't think the people who want her out want her out because she's black or they're applying a different standard. I just don't see that. But here's somebody who sees it very differently. By the way, Dozens of protesters shutting down a Los Angeles freeway yesterday, huge traffic jams, lots of arrests. These are progressive Democrats shouting, cease fire now. If you know LA, this is the 110. You shut down the 110 and it's just creates total traffic chaos. One of the most heavily used freeways in Los Angeles. So sure, let's shut it down. Let's uh, inconvenience all these people so that you can promote your pro-Gaza agenda. All right, let's close it out here with number five. Tech writer for the New York Times. I've been using a new camera to secretly snap photos and record videos of strangers. This sounds kind of creepy in parks, on trains, inside stores, and at restaurants. It was all in the name of journalism. Yeah. I wasn't hiding the camera, but I was wearing it, and no one noticed. So this is about uh, the latest Mark Zuckerberg product. It's Ray-Ban Meta glasses. Sells for 300 bucks. The high-tech glasses include a camera for shooting photos and videos, and an array of speakers and microphones for listening to music and talking on the phone. So this helps you live in the moment, according to Meta. You can live stream a concert on Instagram while watching the performance. Meta, Apple, and Magic Leap, which I'm not familiar with, have all been hyping mixed reality headsets that use cameras, but, you know, those are kind of clunky. Putting on a big headset is also pretty obvious. The thing about you can tell from the picture of these high-tech goggles, is that they look pretty nice and they don't tip off people unless they become more famous, that they could be secretly videotaped at that very moment. I, I, I know we've all obliterated our privacy, but is this what it's come to? And then are some of these things going to be posted 
on social media against the wishes or even without the knowledge of these strangers who are being recorded. Now, there is a to-be-sure paragraph here, which is, uh, you know, some past uh, efforts at this. Google Glass was supposed to transform the world. So were sunglasses called the Spectacles, released by Snap. They were both flops. But maybe the technology has improved in the minimalist design of these Ray-Bans. You know, either I'm right in saying a lot of people are going to resent this, or the columnist is right in saying this could just transform I mean, doesn't it sound like everybody's going around spying on everyone else? You know, if you don't, you're not holding up a phone and you're just wearing these glasses, maybe five years ago, five years from now, maybe two years from now, we'll all be doing this. But speaking for myself, I'm going to resist the temptation. I think if I'm recording somebody, they ought to know it. Otherwise, I'm just another secret spy. Technology, what a blessing and a curse, huh? Thank you for listening, everyone. Nice to have this time to share with you. And I appreciate that time. And as a result, I'll be back here tomorrow. See you then with more BuzzMeter. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts and via Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.